Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, May 3rd, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Broadway World's Julie Musbeck. Julie, uh, this is the first time that we've spoken non-electronically since the Tony nomination day. You had quite an interesting experience on Tuesday. Uh, Why don't you tell all of these lovely listeners how you spent Tony nomination day? Yeah, so we at Broadway World take calls from the nominees who tell us how they're feeling. They give us their statement on what it's like to be a Tony nominee, and it was super fun. I got to talk to a bunch of great people. Ashley Park accidentally hung up on me because she was so excited. Accidentally. (laughs) <laughs> she was like, Julie, I'm shaking. I, I I accidentally hit the end button. I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, oh, no, you're allowed to today. Yeah. And yeah, there were just some really fantastic people. I talked to some, you know, of the Brits who were hysterical because they're like, it's so lovely to be nominated. It's just so wonderful. I feel so accepted. <laughs> it's like, okay, they're excited. Well, you can tell by their tone of voice. <laughs> Yes, because Brits don't <laughs> normally get excited. Now, I, I do know, and I'm spilling some tea here, I know there was one Brit that you were supposed to talk to, but you were a little too afraid to do so and backed out and had our managing editor, Nicole Roski do instead. Yes. So <laughs> we were told, you know, Glenda Jackson came up, of course, because she, of course, is going to be nominated, and then she was. And everyone in the room was too scared to talk to her. And I was like, I'll take the call. Why not? When she calls, just hand her off to me. It's okay. But then we found out we needed to call her. And that's where I draw the line. I said, absolutely (laughs) not. So that was a little terrifying. We were all very, very silent. And then Nicole Roski's on the phone and goes, you know, is talking to her. And she's saying, did you watch the stream? And then there's a pause. And she goes, oh, okay. And we all just started laughing. What, what did she say? Fill in the, the gap there. She said, no, I do not have the equipment. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> all right. Well, good. You can read all of those uh, comments from the Tony nominees on Broadway World. I'll throw the link in the show notes. But uh, not a bad way to spend your Tuesday, huh, Jules? It was thrilling. It was so great to be able to, you know, have just a second of these people's greatest day of their life kind of moment. It was it was really touching. It was just such a positive energy. I totally enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into some things, which I don't know if you can say this is a positive energy, but uh, what do we have for the first story today, Julie? Okay. So the Princess Diana musical is aiming for Broadway next year. Yes. Last night, Page Six's Richard Johnson reported some updates on the Princess Diana musical, Diana colon the Princess Diana musical. No, that's not what it's called. Uh, I would I would quit <laughs> I would quit the theater business if that's what it was called. No, it's it's just Diana. Uh, but anyway, as we know, the show will have its world premiere at the La Jolla Playhouse in February. But the plan is to bring it to Broadway later in 2019. I don't know if that means uh, over the summer or sometime in the fall. With the upcoming wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, the timing seems about right, and all of the insiders and sources tell Johnson that they're going to try to capitalize that on uh, on that as much as possible. The production apparently had a reading recently, and the reports were pretty favorable. The uh, score currently has 23 songs, including an Act 1 closer called A Pretty Girl in a Pretty Dress, about the day that it was reported in the British press that Prince Charles was cheating on Diana with Camilla Parker Bowles, and Diana went out in this sexy little 
black dress in front of the paparazzi and got her picture taken and stuff. The show's score is apparently going to change musical styles depending on who's singing, and Diana's death is dealt with in an epilogue, so they're not going to be doing anything funky with lights and car crashes or anything, which I think is probably in the best taste there. Um, but Julie, uh, this is some new information on a show that we've heard about from Tony winners Joe DiPietro and David Bryan, but you are kind of our resident Anglophile. You're going to be spending what, a month and a half, two months of your summer over in the uh, in the UK, in Scotland. So how do you feel about musicalizing Diana's life? How, if you can tap into the marrow of those British people you talked to on Tuesday, how do you think this is going to go over across the pond? You know, I'm not sure. I don't know that they would throw a fit. I can't speak for them, certainly, but I mean, because they wouldn't, they don't do that. But I don't love the idea. It feels a little bit like making a musical about JFK or something. I I don't love it. What is it about it that you don't like that it's still 21 years later, 22, when this makes it to the stage, uh, it's still a little fresh? Is that what it is? I feel like it's a little too real. I don't like taking such a, a real person's life and putting it on stage. I know we have you know plenty of shows like that, but it this one, yeah, maybe it's because it's so recent. I don't know. It just feels a little invasive. Hmm, I can see that. I mean, I'm sure the uh, Perone family didn't complain about Evita, but um, that's the one that immediately comes to mind for me because obviously both of those women who were heads of state in one form or another uh, passed away fairly young. So that's the connection that I always make with this and 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 Evita. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I, you know... I, I think I trust Joe DiPietro and, and David Bryan to do this well. I mean, this is very much a departure from their previous collaborations when you're thinking about things like Memphis, which did win a Tony, but also the Toxic Avenger musical. Um, it just seems like this is such a different type of topic for them than the stuff that they've collaborated on in the past. But we'll see what happens in uh, about February of 2019 out in La Jolla. So, all right, Julie, um, we talked about your great day on Tuesday as you were talking to Tony Namanese. However, because you and I chat fairly regularly during the day, I know that there were some things about Tuesday that you did not love. So since James and I have had our chances to talk about the Tony nominations on not one but two shows since you're here and James is out seeing Children of a Lesser God on Wednesday night, I wanted to give you the floor to... I don't know, speak your mind about Tony nominations, uh, <laughs> either positively or negatively. The floor is yours. Take it away. Patty Murin. Like, I <laughs> I don't understand. I knew it was a 50-50 shot, but then they added an extra nominee, and I don't understand why it wasn't her. I just, I take a lot of issue with Carousel. You know, my name's in it, so I pay attention to it. And I think Julie is one of the most boring characters in musical theater. She has almost no stage time. Especially and, in, especially in this revival where they cut a bunch of her stuff. Ugh, yeah, I, I don't understand why we keep doing this thing where we nominate people just for being them. It's it's great. I mean, of course, Jesse Mueller is an incredible performer. And I think that's the hardest part is that there are too many people who deserve a Tony nomination. You know, everyone who's nominated deserves it, but so does so do a lot of people who aren't nominated. And I just think, I think Patty Murin was an oversight and I think that was a mistake. I saw her again last night. I was sitting in the third row and she puts her heart and soul into that role. It's, she leaves it on the stage. It's unbelievable. It's so touching to see what she does with that part and, you know, how emotional she is within the show. I just, 
I think that was a sincere mistake. I, I, obviously, we're a, a little Patty Murin bias here uh, at Broadway Radio, but I agree. I mean, I, <laughs> she, with no offense to anybody else, I'm not saying any, that anyone else is bad in that show, but she is definitely the best part of Frozen, uh, in my opinion. But um, anything else that jumped out at you beyond your issues with Patty not being recognized? You know, all in all, I did think it was a fair group of people. I thought they did very well for, you know, what's in there. And I definitely have the people that I'm rooting for in specific. And But I thought they did pretty well other than that one glaring mistake. All right. Well, I'm sure at some point over <laughs> the next five weeks, we'll talk about who you are hoping uh, will win. But uh, you are a queer one, Julie Musback. So. <laughs> okay, so um, we mentioned this before. This week, because of the Tony nominations, is Broadway week on the Today Show. Uh, earlier this week, the band's visit was on, and they were kind of giving a live play-by-play of how many Tony nominations they were getting throughout the course of their segment. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Yesterday uh, was Once on this Island's turn, so we'll have a video of that. Um, that uh, Alex Newell and, and, and Haley Kilgore performed. Today on today's show, Mean Girls will perform, and then on Friday, SpongeBob will. But Julie, the real recommendation, I I had to get this in considering you were on the show today. But we have (laughs) some behind-the-scenes rehearsal footage and interviews from Encore's upcoming production of Me and My Girl, starring one of, if not your favorite performer, Laura Michelle Kelly. We have a video of her singing the song Once You Lose Your Heart. And we've also got some interviews and rehearsal performances with her and Christian Borle and Harriet Harris um, and, and a number of other folks and creatives. Um, have you got a chance to to watch this? Did you, I don't know. You might have even posted it um, uh, for Broadway World. I did post them. I actually, yeah, I made the time for them because I was so excited. Of, of course I, you did. I love her. Yeah. I at Broadway World, I support Laura Michelle Kelly and she knows that I've told her before. Not in a creepy way, I'm sure. Oh, of course not. No, she is just the sweetest thing. I absolutely adore her, and I am totally invested in supporting her and whatever she does. Are you Are you going to go to see me and my girl next week? I am. I'm going on Sunday night. Very cool. All right. Well, and actually, you and I met at a Laura Michelle Kelly concert. We did for the very first time. Very first time. Yeah, 54 Below with a little Jessica Vosk in there, too. So... um <laughs> All right, so there's um, a few other stories we wanted to get to here uh, that we didn't have in the main part of the show, but we wanted to make sure that you were aware of. Following its historic 11 Tony nominations, the Broadway revival of Angels in America announced that it would be adding two weeks to its limited run. The show will now close at the Neil Simon Theater on July 15th. Also on Wednesday, we learned that Reed Burney and Jane Howdyshell will reprise their Tony-winning roles in the final stop of the national tour for The Humans. The stop will take place at the Amundsen Center in Los Angeles and will run from June 19th through July 29th. It was also announced yesterday that Tony, Emmy, and Grammy winner Cynthia Erivo, and no offense to her, but I still have problems with that Emmy, just like I do with Dear Evan Hansen's, um, she has joined the previously announced all-female studio album of Jesus Christ Superstar. Erivo will sing the role of Mary Magdalene, while Morgan James, who conceived this whole project, will sing Jesus, and Shoshana Bean will sing Judas. Uh, James and Bean led a concert of the show back in 2017, which actually starred once on this island, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, Alex Newell as Mary Magdalene. Um, so so I guess they're swapping 
uh, Alex out with uh, Cynthia for the uh, for the album, which I guess kind of makes sense. Um, but then uh, also uh, on Tuesday, Deadline reported that Jake Gyllenhaal would be producing and starring in a new big screen biopic of legendary composer Leonard Bernstein's life called The American. Reportedly, the story, and this is kind of interesting, the story will unfold in five movements, kind of like five different sections, just as if it were a symphony. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, no word on a filming schedule or other casting yet. And finally, hot on the heels of the Friends parody musical, which I guess is still a thing playing at St. Luke's Off-Broadway, <laughs> apparently that show's creators are doubling down and will open a parody musical of The Office later this fall. Tickets will go on sale in June. Um, Julie, I know you've spent some time working in marketing for Off-Broadway shows. How do you feel about these parody shows that seem to be popping up like weeds you had to say by the bell one and all these other things how, how do you how do you feel about these i i guess the musicals i've never seen any of them okay first of all i was impressed not marketing marketing scares Whatever. me i i won't it's too much for me um yeah so the guys who did the friends parody also did the Saved by the bell ones um of course they did my thing with parodies is they're just so low budget and it shows <laughs> But, I that's think it's kind part of, the, of that's kind of the thing. Yeah, that's part of what you're supposed to laugh at. I struggled with the Friends parody musical. I felt like a lot of the jokes were really, you know, just too forward, and I didn't think they were overly clever. So, have you I seen Friends? Know. Have you seen yes. Friends? Because it's pretty similar. I mean. Yeah, I, I just don't. No, I I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I everyone deserves a chance to get their work out there for sure, but this is one that I'm going to stay away from. It's just not my personal yeah. preference. Now, I have to admit that I really wanted to see the Saved by the Bell one just because for my brother and me and even my sister a little bit, um there is no greater work of dramatic fiction in the history of the television medium than Saved by the Bell. Um, and I will fight anybody who has an issue with me saying that. I think it's the most important this and I'm not that last bit was a little bit kidding, but I think it's the most important bit of teen focused television in the history of television. And I will what about go to pretty my little liars. Well, here's the thing. I'm, without, I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. You're kidding. But <laughs> but I mean is, is that without Saved by the Bell, you don't have those other things. Saved by the Bell was the first of its kind that really pushed the envelope and tried to address, in its goofy, ridiculous Saturday morning way, tried to address issues of drug addiction, of of assault, and all of these different things. And I really sincerely believe that, that the kind of the forward-thinking issues-based television for teens and tweens and young adults. I don't think that would have happened if Saved by the Bell hadn't done some of the things that it did. So don't come at me with your Saved by the Bell hot takes, people. I will block you instantly if you have a single word bad about Saved by the Bell to say to me on Twitter. Try me. I dare you. Is the same true of General Hospital? Julie. <laughs> this is a daily thing with you making fun of me for watching General Hospital. I will not apologize. <laughs> For watching watch General, General Hospital, Hospital. <laughs> every day. Yes, from two <laughs> to three here in uh, in, in in Orlando. Don't laugh. Look. Oh, I am. You you're rewatching Desperate Housewives right now, Julie. How are you going to critique me for watching Saved by the Bell? Desperate Housewives is great. Every episode is named after a Sondheim lyric. You can look up That's the true. episodes and then you can start singing the songs and get them stuck in your head for a week. It's awesome. We're gonna we're gonna fight again. 
All right, if you would like any more information about any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. I think James will be back tomorrow. We haven't officially confirmed that yet, but I'm going to assume he is. If not, Julie, I guess, will probably be back, or I'll be doing it by myself. But in the hey meantime, there. Julie, where, where, can, where can people find you online? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Julie Mossback, complaining about how Patty Murin didn't get a Tony nomination. Preach on, sister friend. All right. Thanks again for listening. And James and I will be back to close out your week on Friday.